Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. This is getting into the end of, of summer, and so... Uh, just searching my heart, just wanted to really stir us up, just coming into this uh, new season, because you realize that at the end of the summer, coming into fall, uh, September-ish, really begins the new church year, if you will. Uh, it kind of goes and uh, coincides with the school year. And so one of the things that we always often see is that coming out of summer, everybody comes with the summer sludge. You know what I mean? Everybody starts coming back to church and they're kind of dragging, you know, they've been, you know, they just been living life and when they get in here, they're like, well, geez, I guess I'm in church, but praise the Lord. And so we're endeavoring to get you into a place that when we get into September, you've heard about our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we're just going to begin to turn it up, crank it up. It is purpose to serve God, run with God, and get excited about just doing life together. And so I just want to encourage you today as a result of just kind of fanning the flame, if you will. Amen? And so the, the title of our message this morning is called Bigger Versus Greater. Amen? And so you'll soon find out what that looks like. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for the Word of God and just how God uh, was so intentional at what He put in the Word. Because so oftentimes, it's easy to look at our own personal lives and think, God, it's not as good as everybody says it is. There's the ups and downs, the hiccups, the bumps in the roads, and it's so easy to get going through life and beginning, begin to feel overwhelmed. But as we begin to look in the Word of God, God put stories of individuals that lived real life, men and women of God that were purposing to serve God but live this life, and I'm so glad that he put in the Bible people just like you and me. What I mean by that are people that deal with stuff just like us. Because we can relate to those individuals that are just going through the ups and the downs of life. You know, the Bible tells us that King David was a man after God's own heart. I don't know if you're like I am, but I would love for God to say, Tony, that guy, he's a, he's a dude after my own heart. I mean, wouldn't you just love God to say that about you? Here's, here's David that God for eternity put in his Bible that he was a man after his own heart. But even David, a great king, a man that was known by God as the man after his own heart, we see in the book of Psalm, and I want to just read to you for a moment just some things that he was dealing with. And let me just challenge you to kind of find yourself in the moment as you begin to hear his story. He says this in uh, uh, Psalm 31, verse 9. He says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am for I'm in trouble. My eyes waste away with grief. Yes, even my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity. My bones waste away. I am a reproach among my enemies, uh, but especially among my neighbors. I am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man, out of my mind, and I live as a broken vessel. For I hear the slanders of many, and fear is on every side, for they take counsel 
to come together against me. Come on, this is God's man. This is a man of God that is a man after God's own heart. And he's looking at his life and he's saying, I don't even have strength to do anything. I mean, it just seems like everything has just piled up. And he says, I'm a disgrace. I'm a disgrace to even those that know me. Come on, have you ever felt like that? Where it feels like as you're going through life, all of a sudden you you feel like you got over the hump. And it's like, oh, I can kind of relax. I, I feel like I've gotten over. I feel like I've finally got some traction in my life. We got some forward motion. And it, all of a sudden it feels like the carpet got pulled out from underneath of your feet. Have you ever been there? It's like, oh. And just the moment that you sigh like, oh, finally, here it comes again. Have you ever been there? I mean, maybe it's been a relationship. Maybe it's been a a, a financial situation. Maybe it's been health within your body. Maybe it's been just some kind of tragedy that all of a sudden you're feeling like I finally got on top and something bigger comes along and you're thinking, dear God, can I ever get ahead? And I'm just dealing with something that just seems bigger than me this time. I don't think I can do it one more time. Has anybody ever felt like that? I think we all have. In fact, you might be going through that right now, feeling like there is something so big in my life and I just don't have the strength to do it all over again. And then you have some well-meaning Christian that comes up and says, well, God's bigger I know it looks rough, but God's bigger. But let me just kind of challenge your thinking. Because if something is big, there is always something bigger. And if there is something bigger, there is always something bigger. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I think back when I was a kid, I've shared with you those that have been around for a while. I, I said that most of my younger years, my teen years, and I I was in martial arts, and I trained, and, and, you know, you learn how to fight. I became a black belt, and so uh, one of the things that my dad always said to me, he said, now, son, he says, you're you're learning how to fight. You're training. He says, you've got some skills to you. He says, now, if you ever have to get in a fight because somebody's messing with you, he says, I don't care if you fight. In fact, if you're going to fight, he said, win. He said, but don't ever become a bully. He said, if I find out that you're being a bully because of what you know, he says, you're going to have to deal with me. Now, you might say, well, did dad know karate too? No, dad wasn't worried about whether I knew karate or he didn't. What he said, he says, I got a two-by-four that's bigger than your karate. (laughs) He he said, I ain't worried about no karate. He said, I know something that's bigger. But in addition to that, here's something that uh, uh, dad always taught me. He says, now, listen, son. He said, you know, you're learning how to fight. He says, But don't ever get too big for yourself. Don't get too full of yourself. He says, because I guarantee you, there's always somebody bigger. And he said it even this way. He said, the thing that will surprise you the most, most, he says, those things that are bigger tend to come in small packages. So you'll underestimate them, but there's more behind them. And you can end up getting yourself in trouble. Amen? There's always something bigger, right? 
And Jesus even made a very similar statement in regards to that. In Mark's gospel, you might know it very well, in Mark's gospel chapter 11, the Bible tells us that Jesus was with, was with his disciples and they were on, a, on one of their, their journeys and they were all getting hungry and they must have been telling Jesus, hey man, we need to get something to eat. And the Bible says that they saw a fig tree off in the distance. And Jesus says to them, he says, well, let's go to the fig tree and let's get some figs so that we might eat. And so they finally get to the fig tree, and when they get there, there is no figs. The next thing that we see in the Word is something very interesting, and it says, Jesus answered the fig tree. Well, why would it say that he answered the fig tree? What that means is is that Jesus responded to the fig tree. So there was a big hunger on the inside. Their stomachs were grumbling. They must have been talking to the point that Jesus said, there's the tree, let's go get something to eat. And as they came up to the fig tree, their hunger was big, but there was something bigger facing them, and it was a tree that didn't have no fruit, and it was saying, nah, 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 you ain't going to eat today. Right? Have you ever come across something like that, and it starts talking to you? (laughs) Not today, buddy. This is bigger than you. And the Bible says that Jesus answered it and said, I curse you from the root. And he says, no one shall ever eat from you again. The next day, the disciples and Jesus came walking by. They happened to see the fig tree. And they began to marvel, talking amongst themselves. And saw that the fig tree was dead, withered up. I mean, all the leaves had fallen off. I mean, it was dead. And Jesus, seeing that the disciples were discussing, he said, what are you talking about, guys? And they said, Jesus, the fig tree that you cursed and told it to die, it's dead. And Jesus said, well, guys, he says, there's going to be fig trees that you face all throughout your life. He says, the way that you deal with that is simply to have faith in God. But the next statement becomes extremely interesting as well. Because they were facing a little fig tree. But the next statement that Jesus says is, now guys, that's the fig tree. He says, but if you see a mountain and you speak to the mountain and command it to be cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart but believe those things that you say will come to pass, you will have whatever you say. Well, how many of you think that when it comes to a fig tree, to a mountain, a mountain is a whole lot bigger? It certainly is. So it doesn't matter if there's something that's opposing you today. Tomorrow, there might be something bigger coming down the road. Right? There might be something bigger. And I don't know if you've ever been around mountains. Uh, There's been different times where we've traveled and we've saw some mountains. And uh, I like nature and things like that. Always like watching the the Nature Channel. My my my, my wife, she my mom, my my wife, mom came up, so I was thinking of mom. I guess my wife, she says, "Oh, you like those Nature Channels? You know, just why don't you go live in the woods, kind of thing." You know, she don't like that that stuff, but I like looking at scenery. And so, you know, you you come driving down the road or whatever it might be, and you see this huge mountain. You're like, "Wow, that's big!" And then you get around the corner and you see another one. You're like, "Whoa, that's bigger!" And then you don't have to travel too much further. Whoa, that one's bigger yet right there's always something bigger that's coming around the corner 
You know, my kids, my kids try to impress. And see, the enemy will get into the arena of your thought life and play with this idea of bigger. He likes to impress you with bigger things, bigger problems, bigger mountains, bigger situations where you think, oh, dear God, I'm a disgrace to even those people that know me, just like David was. But my kids, you know, they're out there on the trampoline. You know, one will say, hey, Dad, check this out. And they'll jump on the trampoline. Well, that's all it takes. The moment that the one says, hey, Dad, look at this. You know what the next one does? Hey, Dad, look at this. What are they trying to do? Do something bigger. Outdo the other. Exactly. When it comes to the pool, you know, my little boy, he likes jumping off and doing cannonballs. All right, Dad, watch this. Cannonball! He jumps off and splash. Well, that's all it takes. Here comes my daughter. Here comes the other one. What are they doing? Hey, Dad, look at this. It's bigger. And that's what the enemy does in our life. We say, oh, we serve a big God. Oh, do we now? Well, then the enemy is going to come right behind you and say, well, let me just show you something bigger today. And you're going to come to that place where you think, dear God, I don't have the strength to deal with that today. Can I get an amen? See, bigger always has a way of overshadowing something that already seems big. And here's the thing. The Bible never once says that God is bigger. But one thing that it does mention is God is greater. (laughs) I said, God is greater. So it doesn't matter what the enemy puts before you. It doesn't matter how big the mountain may look. It don't matter how big it gets or how much bigger the next one is. You got a God that isn't just bigger. He's greater. And every time you see something bigger in your life, God trumps it with his greater. Amen? Over in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, you've got the greater one living in you. And you're thinking, oh, dear God, I don't think I can get by this one. I don't think I can make it another day. I don't know that I can do it. I don't know that I got enough strength. Oh, you've got the greater one on the inside. What are you facing today? The greater one's in there. Amen. You think, dear God, I've messed up one too many times. The greater one's on the inside. There's a financial uh, problem going on. There's the greater one on the inside. Amen. He's not just big. He's greater. And so I just want to encourage you today and talk to you about the greatness of God. Amen. What's going on? It might be bigger. But we see in the Bible that that is a constant theme. If you didn't realize it, the, book, the, the Bible is a book to, uh, to, to be given to us to admonish and strengthen our faith. But from cover to cover, it is about individuals, men and women, that come through things in their life, and the very next thing, it appears to be bigger. Adam and Eve, Abraham, Noah, King David, Samuel, Elijah, Hezekiah, Jeremiah, you name them, Daniel... You name them, Esther. It's not just subject to the men. It's us, you ladies too, right? Us ladies. Getting in touch with my feminine side today, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) No, we don't go that way. 
Boys are boys, girls are girls. <laughs> okay. Just said we got that cleared up. All right. <laughs> Amen. Are you tracking with me? All through the Bible, we see men and women of God that are going through life, and all through their life, they are coming up against things that continually get bigger. But every time they experience something bigger, the greater one shows up. And the greater is greater than the bigger. And you think, well, yeah, but listen, that was way back then in the Bible times. Listen, the, the Bible says the disciples experienced it. Later became the apostles, they experienced it. Jesus himself experienced it and had to believe God. You think your circumstances are rough now? You think what you're facing is big? Think about Jesus. He went to the cross for you and me, didn't have to, but loved you and me enough to say, you know what, you're worth it. Knowing exactly what he was going to have to face. But he knew the greater was going to show up and deliver him out of it all. And we are the beneficiaries of that. Amen? Why? Because of God's greatness. Because of God's goodness. I know that you're facing some things that are maybe big right now, some things that you're going through. But I just want to take this morning just to remind you of the greater one. Just to stir you, to encourage you that whatever you're facing, God is greater. Amen? You see... The enemy, he likes to play mind games with us. He's always trying to paint a bigger picture of something that is wrong. Give you a great example. I'm a man that would put on a good show in front of my wife and my kids. But when you're in the house and you hear something at nighttime and the wife says, what was that? I'm like, um... I don't know. Why don't you go check it out? <laughs> right? You hear something at nighttime. The wife says, what is that? I'm like, I-, I don't know. And then you hear something again, and she's like, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. And what happens next? Your thoughts start running away from you, don't they? And things start becoming a whole lot bigger in your mind I wonder what that is I wonder what that could be and all of a sudden you find yourself thinking of all kinds of things of what it could be I mean you have a mosquito bite and if you look at that mosquito bite long enough the devil will start talking in your ear and say well it looks like cancer don't it anybody ever been there come on He'll always make something small look bigger. Anybody can turn a mountain into a, 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 a molehill into a mountain. All you got to do is add enough dirt to it. And I'm telling you, the devil will accommodate you with work uh, with dirt. I said he'll accommodate you with the, the dirt to make a molehill into a mountain. Just keep looking at it. Keep thinking about it. And the more you look at it, the more you think about it, the bigger that it becomes. Listen to what Isaiah says. Isaiah 55, starting in verse 8. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
Come on. I know that things look like they're getting bad. I know you might be facing some things right now. You might be thinking all the worst case scenarios, but God trumps it with his greater. And he says, I know the thoughts that I have for you and they're greater. Amen. He says, they're above your thoughts. They're above your ways. But as I said, the enemy likes to play mind games. Here's what the devil comes and says. He says, this time, this time God's not going to bail you out. This time God's not going to get you through. This time God's not going to answer your prayers. This time you're not going to make it. This time it's going to overtake you. Here's one thing that I found is that the devil never argues with you over last time. He'll never argue with you about the faithfulness of God last time. He'll never dispute God's miracle last time. He's only going to talk to you about this time. But one thing that my Bible tells me is that the greater one is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So therefore, if he was doing it, then he'll do it today. He'll do it tomorrow. Amen. But see, he's going to consistently argue with you to play mind games with you that what you're facing today is bigger than the last time. He's not going to do it this time. You don't have enough strength this time. See, Jesus already did it at the cross. Can you say amen? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. The Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, infinitely imagine, or even dream. Come on. If you just allow your, your thought life to hook up with God, and think big things for God, God will say, listen, I'm not only bigger, I'm greater. And I'll show you great things to come. Amen. Why? Because the greater one is on the inside of us. The enemy will come and say to you, this time, this time God's forgotten about you. This time God's not going to do it because look at all the things that you've done, disappointed God. This time it's too big. It's bigger than last time, and God's not going to show up. I'm so thankful for the word of God that tells us different. Notice what it says here in Psalms chapter 8 verse 3. It says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Now notice, it's painting a picture of a big God. God made the heavens. He made the stars. He made the earth. The Bible says that he holds it in the palm of his hand. Come on, are you seeing a greater God at work here? And then it goes on to say this, verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Come on. This universe was made for you. He did it all for you. And it says that God hasn't forgot about you. He's not forgotten about you, left you behind. Notice what it says in Psalms, or excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter 12. It says, the Lord will not abandon his people. Because the because they would dis uh, uh, because that they dishonored his great name. It says, "For let me read that again." The Lord will not abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name. For it has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. What does that mean? It means that God will show up with greater, just to defend his honor. You know how many times I've talked to the Lord about specific things and said, God, this isn't my deal. This is yours. It's not my reputation on the line. It's yours, God. You say, you talk to God that way? Absolutely. How can I talk to God that way? Because I know what his word says. 
He says he won't leave us alone. He won't abandon us because it would dishonor his name. So God says, I'll show up with greater just to defend my reputation. Amen. Why? So that you continually understand and continually tell people that my God is greater. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 says this. It says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. He's not gotten tired with you. You might have gotten onto his last nerve, but nevertheless, he says, I love you. I've not grown weary. Come on, have you ever gotten to that way with somebody? Man, you're getting on my last nerve. Oh, come on now. We're in church. Don't be lying on me now. We've all gotten that way. But did you know that you cannot disappoint God? Did you know that the Bible actually says that he would never get angry with his people again? So you can't disappoint God. When the enemy comes and starts playing those mind games and says, well, God forgot about you this time. You've messed up one too many times. Now all you got to do is call out to the greater one. And the greater one will show up. And here's the thing. He don't have very far to go because the greater one's on the inside. Woo, come on. The greater one shows up. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So what do I have to do? What do I have to do to allow the greater one to work within my life? I've got a purpose to dethrone the thought. Because those thoughts begin to rise up. Well, God isn't going to do it for you. Well, you've messed up. Or you know what that church told you. That church told you that God don't do miracles. They, they, they were done away with. So why start believing for a miracle now? There's all those silly things. And because of those thoughts, what they end up do, doing is taking a place of dominion, if you will, in our life. They sit on the throne, and in an incorrect manner, we start to esteem them over the greater one. And he says, I don't want you to have any other gods before me. Well, you can esteem a wrong idea greater than God. Are you here? I said, you can esteem a wrong idea and make that thought bigger and greater than God. But notice what the Bible says. In Isaiah chapter 45, he says, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God beside me. What's God saying? He said, I'm the end all be all. He said, I'm the Mac Daddy. He said, I'm the big kahuna. Amen. He says, I'm the boss. He says, the buck stops with me. Are you getting that? Jeremiah 32, it says this. Is anything too hard for me? And then it answers the question. Nothing is too difficult for God. Matthew 18, it says, nothing is impossible with God. It may seem and appear as impossible. But when the greater one shows up, Nothing is impossible. I said nothing is impossible. Well, how do I change my attitude? When in doubt, shout. I said when in doubt, shout. What do you mean shout? 
It means you got to get to stirring yourself up in the greater one's ability. Amen. Isaiah 12, verse 6, it says, Shout his praise with joy, for great is the Holy One. Greater is the Holy One. So shout for joy. Give him praise. I do this all the time. I'll come over here sometimes. And sometimes you could hear me. You think, well, why do you got to pray that loud? I'm just reminding myself, reminding God, and most importantly, reminding the devil. I know the greater one, the greater one's on the inside of me. There might be something that I'm facing that seems bigger, but even though it seems bigger than me, I know that I've got the greater one in me. Amen. So notice this. Let me draw your attention once again to Psalms 31. Remember how I said David started out by saying, I don't have strength for this. I don't know that I can do this again. I just don't have strength within my bones. People have looked at me as though I've lost my mind. But a couple verses later, verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, God, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, In the presence of the sons of men, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plot of man. You shall keep them secretly in the pavilion from the strife of tongue. Bless the Lord. What did he do? When he was in doubt, he decided to shout. Oh, God, I know who you are. I know that you're the greater one. God, I I ask you to forgive me for getting into stinking thinking, and I choose right now to change my attitude. Amen? What are you facing today? What does it seem as though there's no hope? What has taken the wind out of your sails? I'm here to tell you that the greater one is in you and is at work for you. And all you have to do is stir yourself up. I've got the greater one in me. Amen? There was a... Uh, Bible college instructor that uh, sang songs. He would get songs by the Spirit of God. And I'll close with this, this example of what he sang. He said, My Father is greater, greater than poverty and lack, greater than any financial attack. He's greater than what was or what will be, for my Father is greater than these. And then it went into the chorus line that says, He's greater, He's greater. My Father is greater. He's greater than all. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, the greater one is at work for you. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, We're just going to act in faith. If the greater one is in me, then that means that he trumps everything else that affects me. And so I'm going to pray for you right now. And we're going to see the greater one do what the greater one does. If you're here with nobody looking around, this is just you and God moment right now. If you're struggling emotionally, if you're struggling with depression, the greater one is here. 
And when we get ready to pray, I just simply want you to just lay your hand on your head. Just as a point of contact. If there's something that's going on in your physical body, there's pain, there's discomfort, there's ailment that's going on in your physical body. Wherever it is, at that point in time when we pray, you just lay your hands on that part of your body and as we pray, the greater one is going to begin to minister. And that thing might seem bigger, but the greater one is going to trumpet. You might say, my finances are a wreck and I'm struggling to make ends meet. Well, I got news for you. The greater one can take care of poverty and lack. And just by faith, you agree. If you're a husband and wife, and there's marital problems going on, there's things going on with your children right now, I want you just to hold hands. And the greater one is going to go at work within your marriage, within your family, within the life of your children. You might say, well, I've got multiple things going on. Well, then you just lay your hands on yourself, hold the spouse's hands, whatever you got to do. But right now, this is a moment where we're allowing the greater one to work. Amen? All right, so I'm getting ready to pray. So wherever it is that you've got pain within your body, things that are going on in your physical body, you just place your hand on that as a point of contact. For the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hold the hand of your spouse, believing together for your children, your family, your marriage. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. I come to you in that mighty name, the name that is above every name, the name that is greater, the name that is greater than financial despair, financial lack, financial poverty. Lord, I thank you that the name of Jesus causes sickness and disease to bow its knee. We thank you that the peace and the love of God of of the greater one is at work right now to mend marriages, to mend children's lives, to mend homes. And so, Father, right now, we thank you that in this moment, in this time, and in this very moment that we pray, the power of God is going to work to minister to the very need of that individual. And we thank you that we don't wait for it, but we expect to see the work of the greater one. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, yeah. Thank you that that headache is dissipating now. Headaches no longer coming back and bothering you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for marriages right now. Relationships restored. For the greater one is at work. Children restored. Thank you, Father. Oh, and we thank you, Father, that healing is taking place. And every single person's life that needs it. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you agreed with that, say amen. Amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.